Walter Nolan has a lot to prove in summer workouts. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom Yeti style Bird Dogs tumbler with every order. Today we're going to be talking about five guys who just have a lot to prove this offseason during summer workouts, during all the different stuff that goes into preparation for the start of the season. And today we're going to start with Walter Nolan. The reason Walter Nolan is the number one guy here is because he's just talked a lot, talked about a whole lot. A lot of Aggie fans are excited to see what Nolan is going to put together on the field this season. I'm excited because I think he's going to have a big year. I think, you know, we talk about positions. So the guy who we're going to talk about second is in a position where you can kind of come in as a young player and just play on the spot. When it comes to you know being in the trenches, playing offensive line, defensive line, some positions like that, you have to really develop into a college football body. And not every player is really able to do that, is able to just hop on into a, onto a college football roster and play day one. So I think a lot of people were kind of disappointed by what Nolan did his freshman year. Um, I get it because you know when you're a five star, when you're a highly ranked guy like that, I get it. I I can see why some people say. I think he could have done more. I think he could have had a better year. But at the end of the day, you still do have to develop into that body. It's not like a running back or a receiver where you can just kind of come in and just it just clicks like that. It's just, you know, you're you're adapted to college football. And I think that's kind of what we saw with Nolan last year. I, I think this year he's going to have to just take this offseason, take the rest of the summer, the practices leading into the, the start of the 2023 season, and just continue to get bigger, faster, stronger. Because he's a guy that – I have in my two deep currently. I've seen a lot of a lot of people around Texas A&M football in their two deep. He's not the starter right now, and I get it. I mean, you got the Shamars. This defensive line is stacked, and that's one problem facing Nolan here. It's a problem facing, frankly, a lot of a lot of this roster is there's just so much talent all around. For Nolan, it's like you know he was a five star. It's like well, heck, there's four other five stars, six. I mean, there might be more. You know, there's four or five other five stars competing with him for a position. So it's not just like, well, Mr. Nolan, you're a five star, so you're going to play. There's a whole heck of a lot of them. But just watching the tape on on Nolan, you know, watching last year's tape, watching re, replaying the spring game, it's just all the pieces for his game are there. He's, I mean, he's quick off the ball. It's just everything to be a top, a first-round pick is in Walter Nolan. He just has to prove it and get into the starting lineup. And frankly, like I said, I don't have him in the my starting ro- rotation currently. Now, on the defensive line, these big guys are going to be rotating in and out throughout the game because, you know, they're bigger dudes. It's hard to keep your stamina up the whole game. So you're going to see it's not like a position like corner or, you know, where th- th- there's rotations. You see a rotation on the defensive line to keep guys fresh. And so regardless of if Nolan does start, you're going to see him on the field on a game-to-game basis. But I do think that, 
he's going to potentially work his way into a starting role. But um, I think by the September 2nd, when the Aggies open their season, I think Nolan is going to be a starter. But the thing about it is, is like, as I said, the guys that he's going to be starting over are five stars, you know? So it's like, it's not like because he was this top 10 rated player at a high school that he's just handed a starting spot. A lot of the guys in his position group were also highly ranked five-star players. He's not going to be handed anything. He's got to work hard this offseason and continue to develop. And frankly, this defensive line has to stop the run. That was the really the biggest issue with the defense last year, and I don't think that comes as any surprise. It was something like it was 240 yards a game for opposing uh, offenses or uh, opposing rushing attacks on the ground last year against the Aggies, which is like, I mean, traffic cones. I mean, you might as well put a traffic cone out there. And I think Nolan's got to be, you know, he was he's got to be a part of the help, not the hurt when it comes to stopping the run. He's got to be someone who can plug, stop running backs, not let them get to the second level. The defensive line as a whole has to do that. But frankly, I think the reason I bring up the the, the run stopping game is because if you don't stop the run, you there is someone else who will stop the run on this roster. That's how deep the room is. So if you're not helping stop the run, they're going to find somebody who will. And I think Walter Nolan is going to be part of the solution, not the problem when it comes to stopping the run. So I think he's got a lot to prove this offseason and the rest, you know, before we get into the season, these next couple of months. But I think Nolan's going to prove it. I'm high on him. And I think when this is all said and done and his Aggie career is done, I do. I think Walter Nolan's going to be holding up an NFL jersey up on the stage with the commissioner in the first round. I think he's that talented of a player. And I don't think that's a, a bold take. I think that I think many would agree with me on that. So hopefully Nolan continues to work hard and has a dang good sophomore season in College Station. The next guy we're going to talk about is a true freshman. It's running back Reuben Owens. Reuben Owens, and he was what I kind of alluded to without you know hanging, keeping you all suspenseful here, keeping the suspense up. But um, you know he's in a position at running back where I think it's a little bit more instinctual. I think you can kind of come in as a freshman, like a, a Quinshawn Judkins over at Ole Miss. He is a monster. He was a monster last year, and it's actually terrifying to think what he might do to the Aggies this season if the defensive line is doesn't fix the running, the run-stopping issues. So I don't want to talk about that because that's going to stress me out. But um, Owens is a guy, you know, Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels are the guy, and Reuben Owens are the three guys that are kind of fighting to be the – now, I, I think it could be a three-headed headed, uh, monster. I think it could also be a – I, I, while I think it could be a three-headed monster, I do think that that someone is going to take over the starting job. I'm hoping and I'm in hope and belief that it's going to be Owens. I think he's that talented. Um, watching back the spring game, watching his high, high school tape again, it's like you, you know you you can watch tape and just know that guy is dang good, and that's what you see when you watch Owens tape. I think. Um, I think that the offensive line taking a step forward, like I believe it's going to, is going to be a big plus for Owens in this running game as a whole. But I think Owens he's has a lot to prove. Moss and Daniels have been here. They've they've played before. They were, of course, behind A-chain last year, but they've been around. They've played college football for Coach Fisher. And so Owens is immediately behind the eight ball just simply because he's a true freshman. And I think he's going to have to continue to work and work and work. And that's why, you know, continue to work to have to be the lead running back. Like Athlon Sports, we said, has him as the lead running back. I have him as, as the guy who I think is going to going to run out there first on September 2nd. But I still think between today and September 2nd, he has a lot to prove because, you know, there's lots of stuff freshmen struggle with when it comes to plan. I mean, 
as a running back, you have to be able to pass protect. You have to pick up blitzes. You have There's lots of responsibilities to make sure the offense flows well, and Reuben Owens is going to need to be able to do all those things. And now I've said it many times, but with Coach Petrino's offensive style, I do believe that many people are going to – everyone's going to – everybody's going to eat. I say that, but I think Daniels, Moss, and Owens are going to get carries, but I do think someone's going to separate themselves as the guy – and I think Owens is very capable of doing that if he continues to work hard this offseason and get himself into college football-ready shape, being that he was just in high school a few months ago. So Owens is another guy. He's got a lot to prove this offseason, but I think he's going to prove it, and I think he's going to be a dominant force running the rock for the Aggies in College Station. Let's talk about a few more players that have a lot to prove this offseason. First, I want to talk a little bit about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, you can't even sit here. I couldn't. It's like I wish you could put them on while I explain them to you. So you're like, I get where he's coming from. These shorts, I am not kidding when I tell you they are the most comfortable article of clothing I have ever worn. I wear them very often. I use the washing machine. I mean, it's like, bam, firing up to the washing machine, getting these shorts back because they are that comfortable. You know, like I say, I play golf and fish a lot. I feel like I've said that enough times that you all are probably annoyed by it. But I wear my bird dog shorts. Today, I'm going to help my good buddy Vaughn. He got a um, a big job. He's moving away and going to help him move all of his stuff. Wearing my bird dogs because they're comfortable. Helping people move is not fun. Not at all. But when you're wearing your bird dog shorts, it feels just a little bit not as bad. So, like I say, you can wear them to do anything. They're versatile. They're comfortable. And they look good. I love these shorts. I promise you're going to want to give Bird Dogs a chance. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and they're going to throw in a free Yeti-style tumbler, Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler, with every order. We promise you are not going to want to take your Bird Dogs off. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So a couple more guys we're going to talk about here, um, but let's start on, in our segment two here with Sam McCall. Sam McCall is a guy who um, I think I don't think enough people are talking about. I don't have I have him in my two deep currently. I don't have him as a starter, but I think this is part. It's the same kind of thing we talked about with Walter Nolan. I think that is just how good this cornerback room is going to be. I think this defense, you know, no no one's sleeping on the Aggie defense. It's been top 10 everywhere. I, you know, I mean, everywhere, every, every, I have it as a top 10 defense. Every publication you've seen right about it has a top, has it as a top 10 defense. But I think when this is all said and done, I think this Aggie defense could like solidify itself as a top five, you know, top eight defense in college football. But back to McCall, you know, I have Tariq Chappelle and Tony Grimes as the guys. And then um, Bryce Anderson at nickel. And, but the, the thing about McCall is he's a great corner. I think he's going to be more of an outside guy. That's why I have him on my depth chart as a backup to Tony Grimes. Um, but I think he's a player 
And I'm high on Tony Grimes. I've seen him in a lot of mock drafts going um, in the third round, sometimes in the second round. I mean, he's going to be a guy. He's going to come in and have one more good year playing for the Aggies, and he's on to an NFL career. So that's high praise, you know, for me saying that I think Sam McCall could compete with them for a job. That's how good I think McCall is. And, you know, the good thing about McCall is he was, uh, of course, a highly touted player at high school, blue chip recruit. He has a lot of eligibility left. So if he doesn't end up getting on the field this season, he's going to at some point in this Texas A&M career. But I think he has a lot to prove because things happen. Injuries happen. Lack of performances happen. I don't think you're going to get uh, Tariq Chappelle or uh, Tony Grimes off the field. But I think if something were to happen, if they just were playing awful or hurt or you're beating the crap out of somebody, Sam McCall can come in and do the job and do it pretty dang well. So I don't think there's any kind of drop-off. Um, well, that's that, that's a little harsh. There, I do believe there's a drop-off from those two guys to McCall, but I don't think it's as much as some other you know positions where – the the top in depth the top end players are great and the depth is a little eh, kind of like you know linebacker some positions like that so um, but McCall I, the reason I think he has a lot to prove is just because I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be a high draft pick when it's all said and done in his career he looked great last year at Florida State um, of course transfers to Texas A and M and now he's you know moving on in his career in the SEC I think he's going to be a guy that is going to stand out and impress some people but I do think a good off season get in well with the coaches. You know, there's different schemes and all this that has more corners coming in, corners coming out, players coming in for different reasons. McCall can be a guy who is, I mean, he's going to play snaps for Texas A&M this year, but I think if he continues to prove it this offseason and some of the practices leading into the 2023 season, I think McCall could compete for a lot of snaps this season and give guys like Chappelle and Grimes potentially a run for their money. Um, and that room's deep, and then you got Dewberry as well. Or um, so there's there's a lot of a lot of players in that defensive backfield that are going to make this Aggie defense one of the best in the country. Next guy we're going to talk about, and this seems like a layup. It seems like you know, oh no, duh. But Connor Wegman, okay, he has got a lot to prove, a lot to prove. And, and that you know, I feel like I'm telling some uh, right now. I'm telling you stuff you already know. This is a fact. But the reason I put Wegman here is because, and, and it's a little different than these guys. Frankly, I don't know what Wegman has to prove over these next three months. I think it's more what Wegman has to prove over this next calendar year. I want to, the goal is to be sitting this time next year and talk about how big of a step forward Connor Wegman took this season, this offseason, everything. Of course, next, you know, we're in, in the future, we're saying. So, um, and I think he's capable of doing so. But one thing I think Coach Fisher has done that was a smart decision is, you know, and, and you could say it's coach speech, which I get that. But is his whole comment on um, his whole comment saying, you know, everybody's competing for a spot. Nobody has a spot handed to them. Now, is do I think that's coach speak a little bit? Yes. I, I feel pretty confident in saying Connor Wegman is going to be the starting quarterback for Texas A&M this season. But, you know, he's a young guy. He's a sophomore, a true sophomore. So you hear that. And I mean, like I say, I'm, I, um, I played, you know, I played college baseball and it's, I, I remember, you know, coaches would say stuff like that. Never stop working. Anybody's going to get your job. So like, I feel like I can give some experience to this a little, obviously not to an SEC quarterback position, but like, you know, coaches would always make it pretty clear. There's guys on your tail. If you're not playing well, if you're not working hard, we'll find somebody who will. And like that always resonated with me. Like that always made me continue to want to work harder and harder. Cause I was like, if I don't, someone's going to be on my shoulder taking my spot. And so I don't think Wegman is blowing that off like it's my job. Who cares? 
I think he's taking it and he's, you know, he's a young guy. Like I said, I mean, I was there a few years back. I'm same shoes. I'm not it, way different than being an SEC quarterback, but same shoes in college athlete, a couple years at high school. And that resonated with me. And I think it's It does the same with Connor Wegman. I think it, it's truly, it's like, I think hearing that from your coach when you're young and you're scared and you just want to perform well and you want to be out there playing for your team and competing with your teammates, hearing stuff like that, it makes you work harder because you know there's some, there's someone over your shoulder that if you don't, if you don't play well, if you don't perform, there's someone right there taking your job. And I think that's going to help Connor Wegman have a good season. I think that's going to lead to him, um, you know, just I think it's healthy competition is a good thing in athletics. And I think that's what we're having right now. You got Max Johnson, you got Reed, you got some quarterbacks behind Wegman that are pushing him to be the best version of himself on a, on a day-to-day practice to practice basis. And I think that's good for Texas A&M as a whole and good for this offense. And um, I think what coach Petrino is going to do with Wegman and this offense as a whole is going to be special. We're actually, we have, we, we have a little bit of, to talk about with coach Petrino here in segment three, he received some high praise. We'll get into that in a minute, but um you know, I, I think that's that's really to break it down on Wegman. I, I do think he has a lot to prove, but frankly, I think Texas A&M starting cornerback is going to prove it. I think he is, and so I'm looking forward to see what Wegman's going to do this year. And I think the um, the the there's a lot to be excited about for Wegman and what he's going to do this year. The future is bright. That was the term I was looking for. I think the future is bright with Connor Wegman, quarterback in the Aggies. Next guy I got here, next and final guy is Noah Thomas. I can't express how much I like tall receivers. I love tall receivers. Um, and Noah Thomas is a tall receiver. I th- I like tall receivers because I like winning 50-50 balls, and I like guys that can go get the ball in the red zone. And I think that's stuff that Noah Thomas can um, do for the Aggies. Now, of course, you got Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, and Musa Muhammad. So, but a couple of the, you know, you got a couple of guys that are fighting for starting spots that are slot guys that are going to might be forced to play outside. So it's going to be interesting how it all pans out. But Noah Thomas is a guy who plays outside. I've seen one depth chart where um, they have, I think it was Muhammad as the starting slot receiver, Anias as the backup slot receiver, and Noah Thomas as the starting outside receiver. I don't agree with that at all. I, I have those three guys as my starters with Noah Thomas kind of being the next guy up. But frankly, at the end of the day, Noah Thomas is in this battle to be a starting wide receiver for Texas A&M. And I think he's good. I watched, you know, once again, watch the tape, watch the spring game back. Um, he runs crisp routes, which you don't always see with tall guys. A lot of times tall guys, they just kind of lumber down the field and catch, you know, bombs. Um, but it's not like that with Thomas. I, I was impressed with his route running ability. Um, and he, he run blocks. Well, he does a lot. He does the little things right. And that's what I like to see in a wide receiver in a football player in general. So Thomas is a guy, he has a lot to prove over these next few weeks, over these next few months, because I right now, once again, I, he's in my two deep. He's a guy who could get into a starting role b- between now and September 2nd. But once again, there's a lot to prove. Got to keep working hard, have some good practices, put it in the extra work, do the little things necessary to put yourself in a position to succeed. And I think Thomas is going to do that. Now, regardless of if he starts, kind of like what we said with Nolan and McCall, like, Noah Thomas is going to get targets. He's going to be in football games playing a relevant role for Texas A&M this season. The question is, does he have a role like Smith, Muhammad, and Stewart? Right now, I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to have a role where he comes in and maybe gets a couple red zone targets, a couple fade routes you might seem to throw like to um, some fade routes you might see get thrown to like D-Hop or Mike Evans. I think you could see stuff like that to Noah Thomas. I think they could use him in that role. 
But he's going to have a role for this team, and I think he's going to excel at it. But I think with a little hard work and some a, a good rest of the offseason, he's a guy that could potentially work his way into the starting lineup by the start of the 2023 season. Coach Petrino received some high praise when it comes to the offensive coordinators in the SEC. That is right. Coach Petrino, I think the, the thing you can take away from this list I'm about to read, but let's read it. So basically, Coach Petrino was listed as the third best offensive coordinator in the SEC. First was uh, Mike Dimbrock from LSU. Second was Mike Bobo from Georgia, which we won't discuss that. I don't really agree there. Um, and then Petrino was third behind those two, ahead of UT's coordinator, Arkies, or I'm sorry, Arkansas's offensive coordinator, and Bama's offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese. Um, so I think that's some high praise because I think what it says is people in the media, like myself, I've been very candid with my opinion on Coach Rufino. I'm not, people aren't concerned with him, you know, needing to figure it out back in the SEC. I'm really not. I think offense transfers. His offense has worked in the SEC before, and I think it's going to work again. Um, so I think seeing this, it, it's good to see that the you know national media outlets are out here saying Coach Petrino is going to have a successful season. But I think that what he's going to do is just make life easier for guys like Ruben Owens and Connor Wegman and all the receivers in this offensive line because his offense is player friendly. It's quarterback friendly um, because he gets people open. He's not always running 70 yard routes and stuff like that. He, he gets guys open and he does things the right way. I think that's going to make this offense better. And I think that's going to help some young players. Like we said, Stewart Owens and Wegman figure out their roles early on of the season with you having a, a game against Miami early on of the year. You're basically going to have one get-right game before you have to play Miami, which is one of the bigger games of the year, especially early in the season. So I think Coach Petrino's offense is going to help those two guys or those handful of guys, young players in the offense, kind of settle into their roles. And I think that's a positive um, thing that he's going to do for this football team. But, no, I mean, no, I'm I, I'm high on Coach Petrino. I've said it time and time again, and I can't express it enough. I don't think people around are high enough on what he brings to the table for this Texas A&M football team. I think he brings wins. He brings wins. He brings offense, which was lacking last season. It's no secret. We talked about how bad the offense was last season for Texas A&M. So Coach Rufino comes in. Coach Fisher's hopefully going to take his hand off the book, the playbook, you know, and say, say, Bobby, it's all you, brother. And I think that's going to lead to some wins for the Aggies. I think Coach Petrino himself – could equal a couple wins. That's how that's how high I am on what he brings. I've looked at the numbers on his offenses. I've looked at all the analytics on that stuff, and I just I think he makes this football team increasingly better. And someone I had a tennis a friend of mine, uh, well not a friend oh, uh, a friend now, but um, a Tennessee fan in my comments yesterday, which I appreciate. If you're watching today, I really do appreciate you tuning in. It meant a lot seeing a Tennessee fan. Um, but comment and, and talk about how you know I was kind of saying Chris Green would be a magic fix. Um, and frankly, I, st I stand behind that statement because I, I think the players are there. I, I really think last year, I know there was a few things with um, quarterbacks going down and then I Smith going down and Bryce Foster going down. There was there was injuries that, that led to the offense struggling. But I think Petrino is that good of a play caller and that good of a college football mind that 
I almost would call it a magic fix. I think he's going to come in. Now, players got to stay healthy. Someone commented, which is a great point, and said the, uh, the best ability is availability. I hear that one all the time, but it's it's reality. The be- it, that truly is. So if everyone stays on the field and Coach Rufino's offense transfers to the to, uh, back into the SEC like I believe it will, I think this can be a, a dang good situation for the Aggies to be in, and I think Coach Rufino makes this football team a whole heck of a lot better. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. As always, I really appreciate you all tuning in. It, it, I can't express enough how much it means to you. You all sitting here watching me every day um, talk about Texas A&M. It, it just, it's a dream come true to be able to do this for you all on a day-to-day basis. I'm planning to do a mailbag segment tomorrow um, and probably in the last segment for Friday's episode. So if you all have any questions, anything you want me to talk about on the show, uh, put it out in the comments and I will bring it up during fr- uh, Friday's episode of Locked on Aggies. Once again, that's going to do it. I appreciate you all tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.